Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is the Gospel, John 21. Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, No. He said, Cast the net on the other side of the boat, you'll find some. Dear friends of Christ, bees pollinate, birds migrate, and bears hibernate. Do you see where I'm going with this? How about the sun? Well, it rises and it sets. The tides rise and fall. We make money to spend money. Do you get it yet? Well, how about this one? The Hawkeyes win and the Cyclones lose. Oh, I know. That's too personal. Okay. And it's not even true. Let's try another. The Packers win and the Vikings lose. It's just a natural way of things. Well, all joking aside, I, I'm, I am talking about the natural way of things. The natural way of things. Uh, birds fly, cars drive, and Christians. What do Christians do? Well, this morning I'm suggesting that uh, as Christians, there's something that we do naturally. And so our theme, doing what comes naturally. Doing what comes naturally is what our text is all about today. I don't know if you caught it. It's, a, it's what Christians, it's what Easter people do naturally. So what is it? What is it that comes naturally to you? As a saved and redeemed child of God, what is your natural reaction to the resurrection, the death and resurrection of Jesus? What's your natural reaction? Last week in our gospel reading, uh, John came to a perfect ending in his gospel. I, I like the way he wrapped it all up. Jesus appeared to his disciples. He came into the in, into the house. He showed them his hands and feet. He offered them peace, the forgiveness of sins. And not only did he forgive their sins, he gave them the power to forgive other sins, sins of others. And then the Holy Spirit gave them faith to believe it all. Everything was all set. They saw Jesus. They knew he was alive. Even Thomas was on board. And everyone believed. And Jesus said, you have believed because you have seen me. Blessed are those who have not seen and, yet, and yet have yet believed. And then, in last week's text, John wrote what seems to be the perfect ending to his gospel. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, in his, that by believing you may have life in his name. Amen. Perfect ending, right? I mean, that, that's end of story. He's alive, believe in his name, live forever. Amen. But that wasn't the end. John has one more chapter. And, and it's our text for this morning, and at, at first reading, you kind of think like it's an afterthought. Uh, quite frankly, it is. Well, it is what comes naturally. 
After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the two sons of Zebedee, and the two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. Peter was a fisherman. What comes naturally to a fisherman? He fishes. (laughs) And so they didn't know what to do. See, Jesus, they just seen, they just been through this whole death and resurrection thing, and they're sitting around, and and Jesus hadn't told them what to do with this message yet, and they hadn't received their marching orders. And so what do you do? Well, you do what comes naturally. You go fishing. And besides, it was against Peter's nature just to sit around. Peter was one of those guys who always had to be doing something, and he had to be busy. And, and then we know what happened next. And they got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. And just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, and yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. It had happened before. Remember Luke chapter 5? We had the same text back in January. In Luke 5, early in Jesus' ministry, he enabled the disciples to catch a huge net of fish. And they had been fishing all night long, same scenario. They'd been fishing all night long, had not caught one little thing. Then Jesus showed up, told them to cast the net on the other side of the boat, and voila! A miraculous catch of fish. The first time this happened, Peter responded, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Well, that's a weird way to respond to a miracle. Depart from me. Don't, I don't deserve to be in your presence. I'm a sinner. But that was Peter's natural reaction. That was a natural reaction to standing in the presence of the Lord. You see, Peter had yet to see Jesus die on the cross. Peter had yet to see Jesus rise from the dead. And Peter's thought was, you stand in the presence of the Lord... And the immediate reaction is, I'm a sinner, I can't be here. I'm unworthy. I don't deserve to stand in the presence of the Lord. And that's true. That's the natural response, right? Without the cross, without the resurrection, without the empty tomb. Standing in the presence of the Lord, when Isaiah did it, and he saw the Lord, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips, woe is me. A man of unclean lips, uh, standing amongst a people of unclean lips and unclean hearts. Indeed, we are by nature. We, we, by nature, we do what comes naturally. We are, we are dead by nature, blind to God by nature, and enemies of God by nature. However, in the shadow of the cross, in the shadow of the resurrection, with the light shining, that light of the resurrection shining in his face, Peter's response is completely different. He jumps in the water. He swims to Jesus with great excitement. He can't wait to hug him. 
He can't wait to reach out his arms and put around his neck and embrace him. My Lord and my God. What changed? It was just his natural reaction. It's Jesus. And he jumps out of the boat to be there with him. Natural reaction. He had just witnessed the, the empty tomb. He had just witnessed the resurrection. He had witnessed Jesus alive. And now, he couldn't wait to be in his presence. Easter happened. You see, knowing that Jesus Christ suffered and died changes everything. Knowing that Jesus loves us and forgives us changes everything. And it makes us, made Peter a different person, and it makes us different people too. Scripture says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. And all of this is from God, who through Christ has reconciled himself and has given us, given us the ministry of reconciliation. As new creations, as new creations, we know. We know we're forgiven. As new creations, we know that we're loved by the Lord. As new creations, we know we're going to go live with Him forever in God's presence. And, and we can't wait. We can't wait. Being a new creation changed Peter. And so what's he going to do? What do you think comes naturally for him? Well, do you remember what Jesus told the disciples the first time that he helped them catch fish, he said, Do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. That's right. What will come naturally? They'll be fishers of men. And that's why John adds one more chapter to his gospel. The Holy Spirit wasn't finished with the story. There was still something to do. And for Christians, it's what comes naturally. And we saw it in the story of uh, our epistle lesson where Saul, who was, of course, Paul, later changed his name from Saul to Paul, which means little man, if that's not a derogatory name, right? Saul, you once were Saul, great. Now you're just Paul. You're just small. But what did Paul do once he found out he was just small? He became great in the Lord. He did what came naturally. He became a fisher of men. As we bask in the cross, as we bask in in that glorious resurrection, we know who Jesus is. We know what He's done for us. We know how He's forgiven us. We know where we're going, and we know He's coming back again. And in the meantime, what comes naturally? Go fishing? Go golfing? We live for Him. We worship Him. What comes naturally to Christians, we we talk about him. We, we become his students. We learn and we live. I like the way that John 
said it in his gospel. He didn't demand, okay, now you Christians, you go out there and you get it done. You understand? I, I demand that you do this. Go. He doesn't do that. No, instead, John, he tells a fishing story. And you get the point, don't you? Yeah, we get the point. We want everybody to know the truth. Don't you want everybody to know the truth? Don't you want all your friends to be in heaven forever with Jesus? Don't you? Don't, don't you want all your relatives to be with you too? The people that help you, the waiters and waitresses, the bank tellers, don't you want them to be there? Of course you do. It's what comes naturally. It's just the natural reaction. We've tasted the sweet victory of the resurrection. We've tasted the sweet victory of our forgiveness of sins. And we want other people to know what it tastes like too. We want them to know. We want them to have eternal life. You see, John knows that all Christians want to be fishers of men. And it's what we are as Christians. It's what we naturally want to do. Am I not right? Is that not what John is saying here? Christian men, Christian women, Christian boys, Christian girls have this natural desire to want other people to go with them to heaven, to make new Christians. Of course, it's not necessarily like like we go out and we decide how many Christians we're going to pull in. It's not like we, we naturally make plans for all of this and we say, well, I'm going to talk to this one or I'm going to talk to that one. It's not like something we plan. It's whatever God has in mind. No, Jesus, Jesus is the one who makes all this happen. The best laid plans of men are meaningless, so Jesus is in charge. Just look at Peter. Uh, he said, I'm going fishing. Okay? That's what comes natural. I'm just going to go fishing. And they caught nothing. Then Jesus shows up. They couldn't handle all the fish. Suddenly, everything changed. Jesus was a fisherman. He's the one who caught all those fish. In fact, Jesus does everything. When they got on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Uh, now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. Jesus fed them. Jesus equipped them. And Jesus feeds and equips you. And he feeds and equips me. Jesus is empowering Christians to do what comes naturally nothing new. Jesus is fishing through us. And the results are amazing. The work is accomplished through us. And our text shows what happens when Jesus is the one fishing. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. Although there were so many, the net was not torn. Do you think the disciples went out intending to catch 153 large fish? They didn't know how many fish they were going to catch. 
And by the way, they couldn't have caught that many if they'd tried. Jesus knew there'll be 153 large fish because he's a fisherman. And if Jesus can count the number of fish and knows the fish that are, that are being pulled in, don't you think he knows the people? Don't you see? As Christians, we just go about our business being Christians. You have a job to let other people see the light shining in you. Just do what you do naturally. Let Christ's love flow. We must be bold, of course. We must be bold. We must be willing to let other people know we're different. We must be willing to let other people know the hope that is within us. Let others know. But Jesus is the one doing it all. Jesus is the one at work. He's the one doing the fishing. We share Christ because we're Christians. It's what we do. It's who we are. It's in our fiber. It's what comes naturally. We want others to be saved. We know where we're headed. We know we're forgiven. We know we're going to have eternal life. And we want others to know too. So, that's why we make the most of every opportunity. And, and if you're hunting with friends, what do you do? If you're, if you're working with friends, what, what do you do? If you're visiting relatives, what do you do? Do you leave them in the dark? Do you ignore their souls? Do you let their souls rot for all eternity? course not we don't want we don't want that that's not what we want so what do we do we live as bank tellers we do our vocation we be what god has made us to be you're a coach coach as a christian you're a teacher teach as a christian do what comes naturally you're a student you're an athlete you're an electrician, you're a plumber, a doctor, a mom, a dad, a kid. And we support the gospel. Now, we may not consider ourselves to be evangelists, but we are. Bees pollinate, birds migrate, bears hibernate. And Christians... God's Easter people naturally tell others about their Savior. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen.